Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chumbacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Black pink in your area. Black pink in your area. Welcome to the Five Rings Podcast, Pyeongchang Olympic Previews. And welcome to another Olympic preview on the uh, Five Rings Podcast, Pyeongchang Olympic Previews. I'm Dwayne Rollins, and we're going to talk today about ice hockey. Or, as most Canadians will require me to call it, hockey. In fact, if I call it ice hockey, I might lose my passport. Hockey is a sport, a team sport, played between... Two teams of uh, about 20 roster players each uh, divided into lines. So you're only allowed a certain amount of players on the ice at any given time. That amount of players is six. That includes your keeper, your goalie. Uh, so keeper, portraying my soccer roots there. It includes your goaltender. Uh, your goaltender plus five out play, outfield players, out ice players. Uh, you're going to have two defensemen out there, two wingers, one centerman. Centerman's the player that uh, takes the, the face off when the puck's dropped, so they decide who gets control of the puck off of each stoppage of play. Most people listening to this understand what hockey is. I'm not going to be too condescending in this. If you're new to the sport, uh, really, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a put a thing in a net sport. It's uh, pretty simple that way. Uh, the thing is the puck in this particular case. You're going to use your sticks. Use sticks, not feet in this case, and you... Uh, Manipulate the puck and try and put it in the net past the goalkeeper. It's uh, pretty simple that way. Most people, as I said, will will know this and understand this sport pretty well. The uh, Olympic hockey tournament on the men's side has been a best-on-best tournament. That means that the the best players in the world from every country are going to compete against each other for gold medals. That has been the case for uh, most since since uh, Japan since uh, the 1998 Olympics. Uh, this Olympics, however, in Pyeongchang is different in the sense that the NHL, the best league in the world, the best men's league in the world, has decided to not send their players, to not release their players for the Olympics. They made this decision, I think incorrectly, to betray my bias, but they made this decision because they felt that financially, business-wise, it didn't make sense for them to release it into a market where the games would be played you know, in weird times during the day. A lot of these games are going to be played in the middle of the night in, in North America. 
Uh, they felt that shutting down their business, their main business, the National Hockey League, didn't make financial business sense for them. Uh, they also had some concerns that the IOC was sort of taking them for granted, uh, taking advantage of them even. They complained about things that, that seemed kind of petty. And, and when I listened to them from outside, things like not getting tickets to other events, not getting you know perks like good hotel rooms and, and that kind of stuff. These are rich men complaining about stuff that only rich people are concerned about. And, and a lot of people in Canada, and I would say most people in Canada, are not happy about this. They enjoyed having the best on best hockey tournament as part of the Olympics. The fact that it won't be part of the Pyeongchang Olympics has really put a damper on the hockey tournament and a damper on the excitement, which is unfortunate for the women. Because in many ways, the women's tournament, which still is a best-on-best tournament, the, the very best women in the world are participating in this, is not getting as much attention as it might have otherwise because the men aren't there. And, you know, ain't that always the way, right? Um, in terms of of how this is going to work, as I said, the, the men um, have sort of selected a – it's called a grab bag of players from leagues that aren't at the very top. So you have KHL players. That's Continental Hockey League, Russia's Hockey League, uh, which has – teams in other countries as well. That's why it's called Continental instead of the Russian Premier League or something. Uh, you have Swedish Premier League players, you have Swiss players, you have uh, Finn player, Finnish players, um, a lot of players from peripheral leagues. The AHL, the American Hockey League, which is the main feeder league, the farm teams of the National Hockey League, has uh, released a certain amount of players as well for this tournament. So this is uh, going to be, as I said, a grab bag is the only way to think about it, and it's very difficult to handicap it because of that. The women's is less difficult to handicap, and in fact, it's quite simple to handicap because not much has changed in the women's game from the past 20 years or so, and that is to say that the top two countries in the world, the United States and Canada, are head and shoulders above the rest of the world. In fact, it is incredibly difficult to think of in another sport out there in which the gap between your top two teams and the rest of the of the the competition is as large as it is in women's hockey. In fact, the IOC has threatened to even remove the sport from the Olympics because of that lack of parity. Canada and the U.S. are near locks for, for medals. Um, I would put them at 99.9% likely to medal each. The question will be whether, whether it's a gold or a silver. And in fact, these women are, are so dominant over the rest of the field that they that they don't even view silver medals as winning. It's really gold or bust for, for the U.S. versus Canada. And it's always a highlight of each game. In fact, you go back to four years from now, I would argue that the that maybe the highlight of the entire Olympic Games, at least from a Canadian perspective, was the comeback that the Canadian women made against the U.S. in the third period. They were down 3-1 late in the third period. People really had given up. There did not seem to be much chance that the U.S. would blow that lead, uh, but yet they did. Uh, they allowed two very light goals, including one goal when the, when the goalkeeper was was removed. You can remove the goalkeeper to have six attackers on the ice rather than just, uh, just the five and the keeper. And uh, Canada scored with the open net and then went on to score in overtime to, to win that game and capture the gold medal. There's a very famous YouTube video out there. If you type in gold medal in the face on YouTube, trust me, you'll be rewarded for that. I, I recommend uh, that you do that when you're done listening to this. It is um, going to probably be the same thing again. The gap, as I said, is quite remarkable between the Canada and the U.S. and the rest of the field. In fact, you, there, there's even a gap between the third team in the competition and the other teams below that, that third team being Finland, who traditionally wins the bronze medal Olympic Games after Olympic Games after Olympic Games. Uh the women's competition is even designed in such a way to reflect the lack of parity. They don't have 
seedings in the way that you normally see seedings at an Olympic or World Championships. They have the top four seeded teams in the world are in Pool A, and all four teams in Pool A are guaranteed a spot in the knockout round. Those four teams are Canada, the U.S., Finland, and uh, the OAR, uh, the Olympic athletes from Russia. They are all, as I said, guaranteed spots in the quarterfinals. The top two teams in that pool, which will very likely be Canada and the United States, will get straight buys to the semifinal. Group B, which is the two, which the hosts, Koreans, uh, the Asian champions, Japan, uh, Sweden, and Switzerland, which are the two next highest ranked uh, European teams in this competition. They will fight it out for the last two spots in the quarterfinals. Uh, so there's only six teams in the quarterfinals. It's only an eight-team tournament. Uh, the, the two bottom teams, which will very likely the two Asian teams, will play sort of a, a ranking match to find who, who's seventh and eighth. And that's how the, the women's tournament goes. And then it's a straight knockout from there with the two bye teams playing the two winners of the quarterfinal matchups that do take place. And then you go from there. And as I said, there's there in the history of these games, there have been some upsets. Uh, in fact, Finland beat Canada in the World Championship last year for the first time ever. Um, that says all you need to know. It was the first time ever that they beat them. Uh, it's highly unlikely it will happen again, but um, it has happened, and so you have to play the games out, and yada, yada, yada. The Swiss, uh, Sweden also uh, famously got a silver medal against, uh, well, they lost to Canada in the final. They beat the United States in a shootout in the semifinal, but that was a case of a goaltender that really had an unreal game, made 50-some saves, and that's how these upsets can happen is they're... Like I said, about 1% of the time they might happen, and it generally has to do with a goaltender having an unworldly game. Men's tournament is uh, very convoluted again, but it's it's there's 12 teams in it. All 12 teams will advance to the playoff round, so you're playing f- three groups of four to qualify them in order. Uh, the group's winners will all get an automatic uh, shot straight to the quarterfinal. The best second place finisher will also get an automatic shot to the quarterfinal. The remaining teams will play a playoff round to decide the rest of the quarterfinal matchups. I don't understand why they're doing it that way, but that's what they've chose to do. Uh, The groups are as follows. Group A is Canada, Czech Republic, Switzerland, and South Korea. You would have to think Canada and the Czech Republic is the favorite there, although I wouldn't sleep on the Swiss. The Swiss are a team that typically in world championship play can be competitive. In fact, uh, in world junior play has stepped up and got a medal at, at one particular case. So that's best on best juniors. So there's some talent there. But really the the issue with Switzerland with the, in a world championship situation is that they don't have that star power, that, that ability to get them over the gap. And taking that out of this tournament, that might be an equalizer and it may allow a country like Switzerland to, to have potentially have an upset in the tournament. Group B is uh, the OAR, uh, the USA, uh, Slovakia, and Slovenia. So um, the Slovakia-Slovenia uh, tongue twister for the four commentators, that game will take place in that one. Uh, you would put probably the OAR and, and the United States as your favorites uh, to advance from that group. Group C is maybe your strongest group. Switzerland, sorry, Sweden, Finland, Germany, Norway are, are the four teams in there. Again, the Ger- I'd say that you put the Germans the same way I put the Swiss, a team that doesn't really have star power but has a good team concept, has a lot of players that are playing together. There's some familiarity there, which may allow them to to maybe step up and pull an upset. Norway's probably the weakest team in the tournament, but the Finns and the Swedes are both in there. And in fact, the Finns might be your dark horse to win the gold medal because they do have a lot of players that play on the same KHL team that will be part of the national team. So that familiarity in this kind of weird tournament where no one knows quite what to make of it uh, might be the difference maker there for them.
terms of Canada, as I said, the women, it's really gold or silver is, is what the, the discussion is going to be here. It's going to be, you know, they've won multiple Olympics in a row. They're, they're going to want to continue that streak. So the pressure is really on them to do that. The U.S., however, is the favorite. They are the defending world champions. They have been the favorite heading into the last few Olympics. And it's kind of hard to understand how they haven't managed to win one of those gold medals in there because they really probably deserved one of them in terms of the way that they played. And in terms of their their dominance over the Canadians outside of Olympic play over the past 10 years or so, but they haven't managed to convert it yet. And whether that's a mental block or not, I don't know. Uh, This will be an interesting game. And and as I said earlier, uh, the women's versus the U.S., Canada, the U.S. is is a highlight of every game. The women's tournament is often kind of dull, bluntly. You have blowouts in it, uh, you know, when... Korea. That's why they split the teams up. They don't want to have twelve nothing, thirteen nothing games in these in these Olympics, and you simply would if you had South Korea playing Canada in these games of the U.S. It just wouldn't be compelling in any way whatsoever. You'll probably already see the OAR losing six seven nothing to Canada in the U.S., and that's bad enough. You don't want to get into the double figures. It just looks poorly on the competition. So, so that's really what the, what the Canadian women are up against. It's whether it's silver or gold. The Canadian men. It's a weird grab bag of, of a lineup. Uh, you know, Rennie Bork, uh, Gilbert Brule, uh, Stefan Elliott. These are names that aren't exactly household, right? Uh, you know, Bork has a famous last name. That's about as best you could say about this. And, and that's, that's what this team is going to be. Uh, up in Canada, the talk leading into this amongst the hockey community has been how exciting it's going to be to have these no-name guys that sort of play the sport professionally outside the public eye, have their chance to shine in over a two-week period. And there's some truth to that. And certainly once the game starts, once the puck is dropped and, you know, someone hits someone in anger out there, the country will get behind these guys. But there is no doubt that it is very difficult to not focus on the fact that the best players are in the National Hockey League. And it has taken a lot of the shine off the tournament and well throughout it. You know, I think for the players that are on this Olympic team. Obviously, it's going to be a problem for them, and no one wants to take anything away from them. But And one or two of them um, may even possibly get a look in the National Hockey League again uh, for a playoff run for a team that needs a little extra depth, a third-line player type thing. That's the type of player we're talking about here. But um, these are guys that this is going to be their, their two weeks. They're two weeks in the sunshine, and, and they'll enjoy it, I'm sure. And if they win gold medal, yeah, they'll they'll get a lot of attention and they'll they'll have their moment and they'll always have the, that medal to, to put on their shelf and, and that's that's a great thing but um, but it, it's disappointing that the best players aren't there and, and I we talked about this in the five rings proper in the lead up to this when they were making these discussions I think it's a real mistake for the National Hockey League not to go in there it betrays sort of a lack of respect to the Olympic movement and, and it's not something that the players the National Hockey League Players Association is very happy with either so that's unfortunate, but it is what it is now. Uh, they do want, apparently, to be in Beijing. Whether the IOC wants them back is going to be the question, but that's four years away. All right, that's going to do it for the hockey preview. Uh, maybe the easiest one I'm going to do here, but, uh, but we'll be back next with figure skating in just a little bit. Uh, till that time, own your podium. See you on the other side, and uh, week to go, guys. Week to go. This has been the PyeongChang Winter Olympic Preview on the Five Rings Podcast. I'm Dwayne Rollins. Listen to us weekly between Olympics at sportspodcastingnetwork.com or at our YouTube page. Support us 
at patreon.com slash sports podcasting network.